0: All right, this week we're going to be uh, switching topics just a little bit. We've been talking about God and God's nature um, and his character. We're going to cover ever so briefly. Uh, Glenn, could you turn that down just a little bit? That's a little loud for me. Thanks. Um, Talk about the work of God. Now, the Bible says that we cannot know the works of God from the end to the beginning. So um, obviously this is going to be a, an abbreviated class. <laughs> Otherwise this would be an eternal class. So, um, <laughs> so I want to preface this by saying that uh, you know we're going to look at just a couple of categories of things that he does. Um, and this week... Uh, we're going to cover one thing this week, uh, because it is important, and then we'll we'll look at just a couple of general categories next week, uh, looking at how he interacts with man and his works with, with relation to man. <coughs> but I want to ask a question first, why do you think, or is it important, uh, the the one we're going to talk about this week is to, talking about his creation, just specifically creation, why is it important? And why why do you think the Bible starts off with creation? Why is it important for us to understand God's role in creation? This is a thought question. There's no right or wrong. Okay. All right. It gives us His identity. Okay. We. we Okay, so, so we see some of his attributes. It confirms kind of some of what we've talked about as attributes. It's important to know because it's the basis of our connection to him, right? It's, he's the creator, and, and, and from these, all these elements of this is going to, even though it happened before we were here, mostly, us being the last thing he made, um, it's still important for us to know the origin of things. It, it shows us a little bit of how to relate to God. Uh, and and so through creation, we're given identity because we're made in God's image. So as we learn about how God does things, it kind of explains a little bit about us too. So it's it's important for a number of ways. And then we start seeing that um, that science, uh, and, and we'll we'll just notice a couple of things. I'm not going to spend a lot of this. Really confirms the spiritual things, because everything comes from him. If, if God made everything, then God made science. And, and so, so it's not going to be these competing ideas. People say, well, I believe in science. Good, so do I. I also believe in the one who made it. Um, and and uh, so uh, their laws just as true as spiritual laws. Uh, so God is a God of order. And and thinking as well, not just the, the power side of things. So I want to talk about creation. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11.3 is where we're going to start. There's a couple of passages. Uh, Hebrews 11.3 um, and then Romans 4.17. We'll just read those back to back. If someone wants to get Hebrews 11.3 and someone wants to get Romans 4.17, and we'll just read those.
1: So that what
0: is seen was not made out of what was visible okay and some say, say uh, some what was seen was made out of what is unseen but I don't think he's necessarily talking about the visibility but it's the actual existence which which that version kind of is more talking about so I want to read uh, Romans 4:17 as it is written I have made
1: you he is your father in the sight of God, in whom He believed, the God who gives life to death and calls things that
0: are not as though they were. Okay, He calls. What does that mean? He calls things uh, that aren't. At, you know, what does that mean?
1: Man says, and he calls into being things
0: that are not. Okay, calls them into being. That means they did not exist. And so. So what is the first concept of God as creator? Out of nothing. Oh, that's, that's significant. Uh, what, is, what has science learned about the universe? Huh? Wrong. <laughs> we used to think that. Science has learned what? It's finite. It has limits. Sorry. There's no way to kind of massage that one. It's a yes or no, true or false question. It, we used to think, because we, from our perspective, it just keeps going and going and going. From us, it's, it's essentially infinite. But it's not. It it does have actual limits. Well, guess what happens? Yes. Oh, I thought you had a question.
1: Black holes. You have
0: your black holes, and that goes into the next universe. And how do you know? Do you know that there aren't black holes out there that keeps going? So it is different. Okay. There, so out of out of see, nothing. The end of my uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so a, a black hole a, a black hole sucks stuff in. Yeah. Okay. So so it it is a it's. It's um, everything points to it. It doesn't point anywhere. So it's a it's a star. Uh, it was a star. It 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 pulls in. So everything is directed in, and it's just in in one location. Uh, and so uh, everything that exists um, to 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 look at it this way, if if the whatever is infinite, right? Um, needs something to happen. That is always happening after it. Well, if that's true then there was something there's there's an infinite number just like God. God God is infinite. There was there's no cause for God, right? Anything that has a cause is not infinite. I'm not infinite. Even if I go forever from this point on, I will not be infinite because I, I had to have a start. So anything that is truly infinite has to have a beginning and it has to have limits, right? God is the only thing that exists without limits. Because if I say that the universe is without limits, now I'm placing the universe equal to God. Uh, the, another way to look at it is if, if it was truly infinite, there would be an unlimited number of things that had to get to happen for another thing to happen, right? Because it's infinite. It works forwards and backwards. If there was an infinite number of things that needed to happen for me to happen, I wouldn't be here, because there was always yet another thing. It's like working on my house, you know. It's like it seems like there's always another thing that has to happen before this project can happen. It's like, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do. This. Like, but just picture that, like, really infinite. Like, there's where, always another thing that had to happen. Like, oh, you didn't do this yet. Go back and do this. Then you can do this. Oh. It would never get here. I would never be here. So I'm here. So, so God started the process, and from whatever we could say it goes, it comes from God, and that's and this is the idea that He says from God comes all things. God is the cause, right? Uh, and, And so, so science, as we said, science and God agree. They they don't disagree, so uh, I, and these two statements kind of sum that up. It has boundaries. It has limits, and, and and the reason you can know this if there was an infinite number of excuse me if there was an infinite number of things in the universe and if it was infinite in space, then God could not have rested from His creation. He would always be creating. Why? Because there's always more to create. There's always an infinite number of things. But the Bible says, listen, God made man, and he rested from his creation. It stopped, and where he stops, that's the border. I don't know how far it is out there. It just keeps going <laughs> from my perspective. But it has a limit somewhere. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if you just, you know, I don't know if it's like uh, asteroids, where you just keep going this far, and then you come back this way. I don't, I don't know how that works. That <laughs> is way above my ability to comprehend things. But uh, it is finite, however that, however that looks at. Uh, and that's, I think, important because it tells us there's one thing that's greater than the universe. That's the creator of the universe. God himself is infinite, and that's why he can create something that is almost infinite, something that seems to be infinite. It requires something that is truly infinite uh, and is greater than all those things. So I want to look then uh, and narrow things down. And uh, I want to define the roles of Christ and the Father in creation. Uh, Let's look at Genesis 1, 1 and 2. And then we're going to look at the Gospel of John 1, 1 through 3. So I want to read Genesis 1, 1 and 2. Spirit of God is over the Okay. And John 1, 1 through 3.
1: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made.
0: So... Um, now we know if we read down through, uh, through a little bit more through John, we're just r- abbreviating for time's sake, that Jesus is the Word. That's, that's pretty clear from this chapter. That's who it's about. Uh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among men, so, so we identify who the Word is. And so we are looking at, like I say, we're trying to define a little bit how Christ and the Father work in creation, Uh, And we understand that no statement is complete in itself. God never sums up any doctrine in one verse. Uh, And no verse sums up an entire doctrine. It's like, you're going to need more information. And so John gives us some clues as to what Genesis means. It's important. Well, why is John important? What does it tell me about Christ? What's what's important? He was there from the beginning. Oh, very good. Well, when we're talking about the beginning, what we're talking about? Creation of the world. Well, when, when God when you talk about creation or when you talk about beginning oh, with God, what are you talking about? <laughs> when is God's beginning? He's infinite. He's infinite. So we really can't get there, right? It's like, there's always another day. So where was Christ? Always another day. Always another whatever it was before that. That's wherever the Father was, Wherever that's where Christ was. Okay? Now, how, how does it describe what Christ made? And this is important. Okay. So he made all things, and I like the fact that it does what with it. It flips it around and says it again backwards. And without him, <coughs> nothing was made. That was made. Why is it? Why, what when you read that language? What is it trying to do? Anytime something it flips it around and says it again. What's it trying to do? It's telling the ultimate source. Okay. It's always a point of emphasis. Yes. There's no exceptions. Yeah. Let me. You, you, we do a similar today. I'm going to say this twice. <laughs> right. It's like listen. Well, it's like you you, you tell somebody these are the things you can and these are the things you can't do. There's no in between. Right. I'm covering everything. Everything. No wiggle possible room. Outcome right. In scenario. Right. This is like God had a teenager. And he's, he's like this statement is like written towards like, like a bunch of teenagers. like this is all right, listen really carefully. Jesus made everything. And just so, you know some, I know some of you religions are going to kind of try to get somewhere else without Jesus, if it was made, it came from him. So listen. And this is important because even with this double statement, people still go, but that's not true. Right? Jehovah's Witnesses teach what? You know what Jehovah's Witnesses teach?
1: In the beginning was God, the,
0: the beginning was a God. In the beginning was yeah, I can't a God, God. <laughs> and the word was a God. There it is. And, and without him, it says, through him all other things were made. In other words, they teach that the Father made God, and then from there on, Jesus Jesus made all other other things after he was made. It's like, no. How many ways does God have to tell you that Jesus was Jesus? It's like, wait a minute. Jesus was a created thing? Yes. Okay. What does this say about created things? Jesus did them all. And with that, so so unless he has a way to create himself, your belief doesn't mess up. Like, Like, God tried to tell us this two different ways. This is a very significant statement. And then this, because of this, well, if the Father was making things, and Jesus made all of them, we, we've run into kind of a similar problem. It's like, well, what was there left for the Father to make? If Jesus made it all. Does that, does that challenge anybody else's thought? I'm trying to figure out, you know, and then, and then we see the Holy Spirit there. What's the Holy Spirit doing? If Jesus is doing the whole show, what is everybody else doing? Isn't that interesting? mm-hmm right so the the important what I want to look at here is when when we see Christ whenever you see Christ in the same sentence as God God will mean it will be a reference to the father right to to just to differentiate
1: I don't know the men- this is just my speculation.
0: It's all of our speculation. speculation. <laughs> so we're but talking Genesis, about things that are
1: you see, God said. Yeah. My interpretation of this is that God spoke in Jesus' name
0: okay. that. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't think you're that far off if you're off at all. So let's 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 look at Colossians chapter one. However it looked like I don't know the, the mechanism of it. Uh, But I want to look at Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15 and 16 if someone wants to read that. Have been created. What's that last phrase? For him. It was right before that because that's the important one I want to look at. Through, him. through him. him, by him. Okay, so so the first one says by him, then we get through him. Well, in 17 goes on. Yeah. And he is before all things. Uh huh. And in him all things consist. Okay. We're actually going to get to verse seventeen next week. It's a slightly different topic, but. Um, and I, I think the idea, when you say something's done through something, it implies there's, there's an implication here of somebody else, isn't there? If something is done through you, that implies that you are a proxy for somebody else. Right? If, you, if, if there's a middleman, right? Jesus is the middleman. Jesus is the, what you said, he's, he's the making of it. And this is what we're going to see throughout all of the works of God. I think we will see that the father and the son, the difference between the two would be like like the difference between uh, the legislative and the executive. right? The legislative comes up with the idea. This is what we want to do. The executive is supposed to carry it out, right? You have a board, they're up here, the, all the presidents or whatever the, their titles are, they kind of are the ones like, this is kind of the direction we want to go or whatever, this is, they set that, and the CEO is the ex- chief executive up. He's the one that makes it happen. He, he, he's not at the top. <laughs> he is actually underneath people. All you need to know is watch him get fired. <laughs> he's underneath people. Uh, he doesn't own it. So, so this is how the Father's the best illustration that I can give. I know it's not a perfect illustration because it's God, and they, they work differently from human administrations. But well, when Jesus was here, he said, you know, the Son can do nothing apart from the Father. Mm-hmm. Right. They're perfectly aligned, but they have separate functions. and And God comes up with an idea and and so so we can say that the father created right just like like, think of it like David and Solomon David wanted to do a temple God said no but I'll let you design it and who actually built it Solomon but they both get credit for it it's called David's temple it's not called Solomon's Temple. Why? I did all that work. Yeah. But David designed it. And you were the proxy. And this is how they work together. Only perfectly equal. So, and, 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 and equally necessary. So that's easy to define. I think easier. We understand, I think, the father and son. We understand that dynamic easier. What is really hard this is the Holy Spirit. Where does he fit into all this? Because we don't, when we read Genesis 1, we don't visibly see Christ. We see him defined in that first chapter later in the New Testament. He, is where he's defined as, oh yeah, by the way, all that stuff that was happening was Christ physically doing it. But what we do see in Genesis chapter 1 and, uh, is the Holy Spirit. Uh, go back to Genesis chapter 1, and we read verse 2. I want to look at it again. It says uh, "This uh, it says that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, it doesn't tell us what he was doing. I don't know. What was he doing? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, right. but I, I was like, why? Why is this necessary? I've, I've had ideas, but I, I don't know. Whether those ideas are, you know, those are just, you know, spitting into the wind. Is a ah, what was he doing there? He was doing something, uh, and so, um, so he's active. Just I, I have no idea, but but something functional, yeah. Okay. The spirit was left as, you know, like yeah. a comforter for us. Though it always seems like it's like the the more direct um, way God interacts yes. with humanity and our little physical mm-hmm. space. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's important. I think it's important to note that we never see the spirit making something. Different role, important. Earth already there, but he's interacting with it afterwards. Yeah.
1: He kind of reminds people or instructs people. Uh, That's what he does in the New Testament. We see that. Jesus says that, you know, the Spirit will come and will uh, instruct you in all these things that you need. So maybe it helped take what God's vision was and plans and yeah. It to Jesus or
0: whoever was helping Jesus, you know. Do it, to yeah. him what it was it the spirit that's like, you know, we need scientific principles to, to apply to this. Thing. I, I don't know. It, it, the Holy Spirit inspires a word and does this spiritually, like this is how we need things to operate. Yes. Yeah.
1: point that was thinking Mm-hmm. And so if you latch on to that word need, you know, God doesn't need anything. Right. Um, it seems to indicate that, you know, God can't be in the presence of sin, which then makes you think, well, there's a fallacy there or there's a flaw. Right. God can't be in the presence of sin. But then when I hear that, I think it turn that around. It's like we can't be in his presence. Yes. So he is creating these other beings. can't be in his presence. Right.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. You think about Moses. And he only saw like as God passed by. And that was still too almost too, too much, much for a physical human to be able to bear. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, people couldn't stand to look at him. Yeah. Because it was just the the yeah. of him I mean it's I, I've often wondered it's like what would happen if, if, a, if a physical human would be to, to be in God's presence? Would, would we actually would be able to survive? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, and it's... I, I, I think you would die, and I think that's why Moses was... I think he was in the process of dying. I he think his saw, body... Saw. I, my, my, uh, my assumption has always been... Right, the Bible says we're, gonna, we're not going to need anything. When you're in the presence of God... You have everything you need. You don't need food. You don't need what What he's up there. He does not eating, not drinking. He's not doing it. Why? He doesn't need. <laughs> he's in the uh, infinitesimally small amount of the presence of God. And he comes down and his body was like already trying to leave this planet. Like his, his body was already wanting and seeking. The, the Bible says, uh, and I'm going off topic, but it's an important topic, how we're... Like, our body groans to get out, right? Our body wants to get free of this. As much as we think we like it, our body really doesn't want it. And and it wants to be in the presence of God. And I think that's what was happening to Moses' body. He's like, ooh, (laughs) take it out. I was like, oh. And I think that's why God interacts with humanity through angels and through the Holy Spirit. Because if he were to come here himself, well, he'd probably all be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it would. That would be the end. Uh, so, I want to look at the Holy Spirit. We'll try to jump back in here. Chapter two, verse seven. Genesis chapter two, verse seven. Someone want to read that? Then the Lord God formed a man
1: from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life
0: man became a living being. Mhm. I, I we talked about this last year when we were talking about the the work of what the spirit does and what a, any spirit does, the purpose of spirit is life. And it's the body, the whatever it was that God made, he made it. It's sitting there. It's already existing, right? So God had an idea. The Father had an idea. God says, okay. Christ says, okay, I made it. And just like the water, the Holy Spirit doesn't say, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this do something. I'm going to animate it. I'm going to make this a human being. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He he animates. He beautifies. he's, he's and, and we'll see this again uh, throughout... There are other references to creation. Let's look at Job chapter 33, verse 4. And then while we're there, we'll be in Job 26, 13. Job 33, 4 and 26,
1: 13.
0: The Spirit of God has made you. that brought me almighty life. Okay, wait a minute. The Spirit of God made you? I thought Christ made you. This is getting confusing. How did the Spirit make him if Christ, without Christ, nothing was made that was made? (coughs) How did the Spirit make him? Because you are more than your body. You are more than your physical entity. Christ made the physical entity. He made all the physical things that exist according to the ideas that God had, the Father. But I still wasn't me. And we still weren't us until the Spirit said, and that's what, you go back to Genesis, and this is what it says. God breathed a soul or a spirit into man. That's literally what it says. And man became a living being, right? The word being is the word soul. Man became a living soul. We weren't us until the Spirit did his work. And so he is also given credit for creating because he has an element of that. It's like assembly lines. like, okay, Father hands it off to Christ, and then Christ hands it off to the Spirit. What happened, And you pointed out, what, what what happens, you know, Christ... Is given a plan when he comes and he leaves, and what does he do? He hands it off to the Spirit. He says, All right, my job done. You finish. You fill this out. You make it operate. They're always working in concert. Uh, job chapter 33, or excuse me, 26, verse 13. And so he says, by his spirit, these were, the, the whole universe was, it was adorned. Uh, so, so there's this, I think, beautifying element. Right? We, we talk about looking and seeing the beauty of nature. Or or, or whatever, the, the the majesty. Well, the spirit's got a role in that. The, the spirit's like, okay, I'm going to... And what do we see with with us? Right? we see the same thing with us. The Spirit comes in and says, "I'm going to have to remake some stuff. I'm going to have to spiritually remake you and, and beautify you, spiritually speaking. I'm going to shape you and 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 make you better people through what I do. They're all necessary. They all work, and 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 we don't. You can't chop them apart and say, well they're all kind of mingled together in what they do and that's because it's one god right the, the three I, I really don't know what to call it without making it sound polytheistic or three beings that sound, but there's somehow three and somehow one and that's i just lost you know where how i can talk about it right but again, it's not important for me to understand it. It's important for me to know it. Insofar as he's revealed it, it's important for us to know. And we try to do the best we can to put it somewhere. So with the, with the last few minutes, I want to talk about the significance of God as creator, why it's important to know. We, we talked about that at the beginning, uh, but I want to put some scriptures to it. Uh, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Now, this defines how we interact with him, as we, we kind of pointed out. If someone wants to read Revelation, we're going to kind of go from end to beginning here. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, and then we're going to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. So, so it kind of works from the same idea that God made everything kind of from nothing. That's kind of, I think, intimated in this. But now he applies something to that idea. And what's the idea? All things are created. Okay. What's the application to me? To receive glory and Okay. Here's where it hits me. God is owed worship by me for his role as creator. But well, who's creator? Father is, Son is, Holy Spirit is. They're all in their own unique way. They are owed. This is the basis and this is I think why it's in there. I think it's It's not just important for us to know, hey, I'm here. God says, I'm going to devote a lot of information in here about how you got here. So you know who to credit. And why you're here. Yeah, and and why you're here. Yeah, that's important also. There's purpose. You, You were not just made randomly just because. Like, I was bored one day. There's something there, and in fact, that, that, that's important, because that leads us to the next one, Genesis chapter 1, and let's uh, read uh, verse uh, 27 through 31. Genesis 1, 27 through 31. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. <clears throat> rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every other living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. It will be yours for food, and to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds of the air, and all the creatures that move on the ground. Everything that is breath of the breath of life in it, I give every green <clears throat> plant for food. And it was so. Mm. God saw the, all the, God saw that he had made saw all that he had made and it was very good. Mm. And there was evening and there was morning and sixth day. Yeah, I always like this that that it always changes up right here. I pointed that, this out and I'm not the only one. Like every day and God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. He makes man, he says, it's very good. Man is what he was aiming at. He, he Everything in here is around man. And man is the one that's made in his image. Man is the one that's that's given an intellect. Man is one that that, that is the only one that is given his, I think, creative nature, his... Uh, his spiritual side, the the thought and the feeling and all of that stuff, that's man's. That belongs to mankind. And I believe this is because of what we read in Revelation. That this is where the relationship takes place. This is what he wanted. He wanted over there. He didn't have to. He wanted to. God did not have to make man. God did not have to make anything. This idea that he was eternally bored, (laughs) like one day just decided, you know what, I'm going to make something today. Like, I don't know where people... I guess I do know where. It comes because people don't know how to wrap their minds around God, so they come up with ideas. God did not have to make anything. He was not bored. He wanted to. He wanted a relationship with us. He already had a relationship with Christ. He, He wanted some to pour his love out on. Um, So, um, we talked about purpose. I want to close with one. There's more we could get to, but we won't. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. And this is one of the purposes. We'll we'll kind of probably come back to these as we talk about mankind later on in this class, but
1: I have seen the burden God has laid on man. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end.
0: What's one of our tasks? God has given us a task, he says, that you can't do. To search out eternity. That's your task. Good job. Good good luck with that. But he's put it it in our hearts to think about things that we can't grasp. We're, We're sitting here like, I can't explain this. Yeah, good. You're doing my job. I gave you that task. Think about things that you'll never understand. It's your job to try to... See what I've done. Because it's going to lead you to a relationship with me. If you really look at it.
1: It helps you to marvel at
0: God. And and it focuses on his beauty of the things that he's made. It kind of sounds like Romans a little bit. There's another word for this. It's called science. God has given to man science. To look and study everything that he has made and so no matter how many questions you answer you're only going to end up with more questions that's that's what science is <coughs> and, and the more you know the, the the more we discover really actually the smaller percentage of questions we actually have answered because every time we answer a question we're like seven more it's like a hydra you know it's like it's like it's like ah, I, I have so many questions good you're learning, then. <laughs> and this is science. And this is what leads us to God. Last, last thought. Yeah, yeah. and there's, there's also one thing about science that, you know, people say, well, can't and God, and science, so next. Well, yeah, but science answers a lot of how questions. Science mm-hmm. doesn't answer any why questions. That why is questions. a... And that's where the other side of God's revelation is necessary. You can't learn the why questions. That does a That's a really important important point. So I think we're going to close with... The, oh, one more. Just Sneak one, more, one in. One more comment.
1: Sneak I one just, in. I, just, I was reading um, Proverbs a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of astounded. You know, here's the wisest man to ever live, and most of what he talks about is to seek out wisdom, yep. seek out understanding. You know, he was yeah. the most curious. Yeah, it, he
0: was, and in and, and Ecclesiastes, one of the things he says is, I saw that that was kind of pointless. Not not pointless, it was worthless because God says that's the task He's given us. But pointless to think that you can accomplish it. It's like I, I I started setting my mind to do this and realized I'm never going to get there. That's how amazing what God is and what He has made. So even His finite things are beyond our abilities. All right, thank you for your thoughts, we're good.